Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. We are on episode nine, so we're almost in the double digits. Yay! I didn't realize. I know, so exciting. We're really making it big this time. <laughs> and this is our second month, right? Or first? Second, or... <laughs> I think. We're in our second month. Yes, second month. Yeah, so exciting. Thanks for making it this far. There's probably nobody listening. <laughs> All right, so we are. Today's treat is. Betty Crocker brownies made by me. I give them a 10 out of 10, personally. Yeah, I agree. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Perfect. They're just really nice and moist. (laughs) That's because there's half a cup of oil in them. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now we're going to tell you guys our rose and our thorn of the week. You can go first. Okay, I'll start with my thorn. Okay. So my thorn was yesterday... We all ordered Blaze pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we ordered it through Uber Eats. And we waited like an hour, and I was so hungry. And then I go to get the pizza. And there's three pizzas, but we ordered four. And I was like, oh, someone's pizza is missing. And it was mine. Boo. Yeah. So I had to go back to the store to get my pizza. pizza. Okay. And my rose <laughs> is... Oh, that today I had a very productive day. Oh. Yeah. That's good. Nice. So I got a lot of work done. All right. My thorn is today I didn't have school, um, so I wanted it to be like a super... That's your thorn. Yeah, but I wanted it to be like a super chill day, like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had to go run errands, like getting my oil changed and like things like that that weren't actually fun. Yeah. But my rose is that we went to Halloween Horror Nights and we sped walked in the front of the line and we were like fifth in line for the Halloween house. Yeah, that was so fun. I'm yeah. glad we waited there. Yeah. Should we tell everyone our secret? No, because no? then they're going to go. <laughs> so message us if you want to know our secret to Horror Nights. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, so that was my rose. Okay. So, I guess we'll get started then. Yeah. Do we have anything else to no, say? No. Okay. I, I don't even know what your case is, and I'm excited okay. to hear. So, this is the case of Caitlin Aikens. Um, so, this is like a disappearance case. So, oh. it's like unsolved. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I'll read the little introduction. Caitlin Aikens was a 19-year-old girl from Spotsylvania, Virginia, and on December 5th, 2015, Caitlin was supposed to to board a 5.40 p.m. flight back to Arizona. That time came and went, and Caitlin never got on the plane. She has never been seen from or heard from again. Caitlin's family and fiancé received a series of troubling texts from Caitlin hinting that something was wrong, but police have never been able to find any evidence of foul play. To this day, Caitlin has seemingly vanished into thin air. Oh, spooky. Yes, very spooky. So we are going to, I'll get started um, just by like talking a little bit about her early life and then I'll go into like what happened the days of and then like I said, this is unsolved so there's no like trial or anything involved in this but I'll go into like some theories at the end um, about like what might have happened or what like people think happened. Okay. So, Caitlin Michelle Aikens was born on September 2nd, 1996 in Indiana to Lisa Sullivan and Jason Aikens. Caitlin was Lisa and Jason's first daughter, but the couple had another daughter, Gabrielle, a few years later. Unfortunately, Lisa and Jason split when Caitlin was very young, like a toddler, so like two or three. Like, she does not remember Jason, like, being in her life. So, mm-hmm. she doesn't really, like, remember her biological dad. Um, and Jason was not a, really a part of his young daughter's lives at all, and Lisa made the decision to move her children to Spotsylvania, Virginia. So, like, kind of halfway across the country. Um, Spotsylvania, for those of us, you guys that don't know, it's like a rural suburban community. Like, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Virginia, like in a very rural part of Virginia, but it is like, 
a like definitely like a like it's not like a ton of like farms it's like definitely like a suburban community but okay. like it is kind of like in the middle of like a bunch of like yeah forests and stuff oh forest okay yeah um when and it's like halfway in between washington dc and richmond virginia so there's basically like one long highway i think it's like the i-95 that goes up from like down the entire east coast like mm-hmm. hitting all the cities and it's like right on the highway like Have in the middle there uh, I've never that far south. Okay. I mean, I've driven to Richmond before, so it's like I must have passed it, mm. but I've never like, like gone there yeah. specifically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when Lisa moved to Spotsylvania, she met James Branton pretty soon after, and she began seeing him romantically. James was an insurance agent who worked for Geico, um, which apparently the headquarters are like out there which i did not know but apparently like a lot of people work for geico out there immediately i'm just thinking say 15 percent yeah (laughs) we're not sponsored but we could be (laughs) okay so caitlin and gabby were young enough that they didn't really remember jason their biological father so james really became like the only father figure that they knew so they weren't he wasn't their biological dad in any way but they just their mom and him were seeing each other and they just became kind of his like their quote yeah. father um he was like a big part of the girls upbringing so like he was involved in a lot of their events when they were younger like birthday parties and school events and things like that like he was involved in those um things like with their mom but caitlin and he had somewhat of a strained relationship one of caitlin's friends kevin mentioned that caitlin and james had a difficult time getting along and said that james could be verbally abusive to caitlin and got on her about every like little thing mm, so they didn't really get along yeah um and james and lisa were married at one point but they eventually separated so they eventually divorced okay. yeah um caitlin was very intelligent growing up and a very hard worker she took school really seriously and also like always had kind of like a side hustle like a job on the side so she was always going to school and working at the same time and she actually graduated high school two years early at the age of 16 which is pretty impressive how do you even do that i don't know but i think like it's something to do with your credits because you know in like different states like how you have to like take a certain amount of classes to graduate or like a certain amount of classes to like apply anywhere oh i think you can like like maybe take college courses yeah or there are some schools that have like advanced yeah yeah, advanced programs so Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you have like instead of taking a study hall maybe she took like the next year's course instead or something or maybe during summers yeah things like that so she graduated high school 16 um and around this time she started dating a girl named amber rios and she had actually known her for quite a while because like they had been friends since primary school but amber moved away the two stayed friends but eventually began a relationship so like they knew each other when they were younger and then stayed friends and started dating like around this time mm-hmm. um 10 days after caitlin's 18th birthday so caitlin didn't go to college after she graduated from high school she just stayed home and she was working um so now she's 18 it's like two years later 10 days after Caitlin's 18th birthday in September of 2014, Caitlin and Amber got engaged, which I was like, that's pretty early (laughs) to get engaged, but I guess like... She's like speeding. Yeah. (laughs) Speeding through her life. But like, I guess she's been graduated for like, from high school for two years now. So like, maybe she's like, oh, I'm ready to like, move on to the next phase, you know? Yeah, like I was like, like, that's so early. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they got engaged. And Caitlin moved to from Spotsylvania, Virginia, to Arizona to be with Amber. So Amber lived in Arizona, um, so she moved in with her. And she and Amber spent, like, the next year together. Um, even though Caitlin moved, she was, very, she was still super close to Gabby, her sister, and Lisa, her mom. And they often texted and talked to each other on the phone. And Gabby was like, oh, like, she was constantly in contact with us. Like, I mean, she would text us about, like, big things, like how you know if she had any plans for that day or if like something was going on but she would also like text us about like little things that happened throughout Mm -hmm. her day just like things to like make conversation or like things to make them smile so she was like really close to her sister and her mom even though yeah she she was further away yeah Mm -hmm. it's good that she kept in touch with them yeah 
So on November 21st, 2015, Gabby, her younger sister, gave birth to a baby boy. And there, Caitlin and Gabby, like, since they were kids, like, were like, oh, we can't wait to, like, grow up and, like, be parents. So, like, this mm-hmm. was, like, you know, kind of like the fairy tale ending for Gabby. Like, she was really excited that she was having a kid. Caitlin was really excited that she was having a kid. So Caitlin decided to fly out to meet her new nephew. Um, and she caught a flight from Arizona to Virginia on December 1st, 2015. So Caitlin spent the next couple days meeting her nephew and telling her family some of her own exciting news. So Caitlin wanted to be like a cosmetologist and that was like something that was a really big dream of hers and she had spent like the last year applying to schools and trying to figure out like which school she wanted to apply to Mm -hmm. and she had just gotten accepted at a cosmetology school in Arizona like a few weeks before she flew out. Um, And she was going to start classes in just a few days on December 7th. So this is when the new semester started. And she was just like really excited that she had like finally gotten a seat at this cosmetology school. And she could kind of like move her life in the direction that she wanted to start it. And she finally figured out like what she wanted to do and what she was interested in. Yeah. And Amber said that she was like very excited about this new venture. And um, she was just like really looking forward to starting this new chapter. So. Before she could begin classes, though, she needed to pick up some copies of, like, a few important documents, uh, like her high school diploma from her house. So to, like, go through registration and everything, Mm -hmm. they just needed some, like, proof that she had graduated and things like that. So she needed to get her high school diploma, um, and that was something that she was, like, also flying back for. Like, she was mainly flying back to see her nephew, but, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she she also had to get everything, like, put together. So she was scheduled to fly back to Arizona on December 5th, 2015, on the 5.40 p.m. flight. Um, And she was flying out of the Ronald Reagan National Airport, which is in D.C. So this would be like about an hour-ish, hour and a half drive from her house, like depending on traffic, Mm -hmm. um, like or like depending on the time of day. Like sometimes it can be really quick to get up that highway, but if there's like a lot of traffic, then... Like, it would take a pretty long time. It's not, like, a nice airport to go to from where she was. Oh. Yeah. But that's really, like, the only one that's there. (laughs) So, um, her mom could not drop her off that day because she had to work all day. And Gabby was busy with her new son. So, her mom had to reach out to James, her ex-husband. Um, so not Jason. Jason is the biological father. Yeah. James is her like ex-husband. Her, yeah. yeah. So James and Lisa had been separated for a while at this point, but were, like by all accounts, they were still civil and they still like kind of checked in with each other. So it wasn't like they had just like divorced and gone and like never spoken again until this day. Like they did speak pretty often oh, okay. and they like... That makes it less yeah. weird. Yeah. Like, why him? Yeah. Um, and so they did like speak to each other and everything. Um, so, like, it wasn't totally random that she asked him, but it also, like, was kind of her last option. Like, she only got him because, like, she couldn't really ask anybody else and, like, she couldn't do it and Gabby couldn't do it. She, so, it yeah. was, like, not a preferable choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure an Uber would have been really expensive. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that, I no. I don't, I don't even know if they would take her. Like, right? it's, yeah. like, a terrible <laughs> drive. Yeah. So James agreed to take Caitlin to the airport, but he said he had to be at work at Geico um, by 3 p.m. So he would have had to drop her off at the airport like super early um, because he would have had to drive like the hour and a half from where they are to the airport and then drive the hour and a half back to be able to get to work by 3. And so they're like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, that's okay. Yeah. I don't. I personally have to be everywhere early, so yeah, it's <laughs> I feel not like, the worst yeah, thing. To the, be earlier early. the, better, <laughs> the earlier she the better. The earlier the better. Hang out at the airport. Yeah. So, um, Lisa dropped off Caitlin at James's house early in the morning, and she spent a little bit of time at his house in the morning, like just getting her stuff together and making sure everything was ready to go. Um, and then they started driving. So James texted Lisa at one fifty-two p.m saying that he had dropped off Caitlin. However, he mentioned that he had not dropped her off at the airport. He had dropped her off at the Springfield Mall, and she was going to take the Springfield Metro Station. Um, so she was going to take the Metro 
from Springfield, from the Springfield Mall to the airport. Um, and she he, she said that she was fine taking the metro from this station to Reagan because, like, the metro goes to Reagan. Like, it is a pretty, I don't know, I really like the D.C. metro because, like, it goes everywhere. Like, you can, like, get a metro, like, t- from anywhere to anywhere pretty much. So it is, like, a very interlocked system. Yeah. Which is nice. I've been there once. Yeah. So it's, like... I don't know. It's I I feel like it's a, a lot better connected than the LA one. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, they're all better than the LA one. Yeah, I was gonna say did so they just switched like plans. Now all of a sudden, like yeah. she just so she so he said that Caitlin had asked to be dropped off the mall because she didn't want to be dropped off at the airport at like one forty five. Um and had and would have to wait inside the airport mm-hmm. for almost, like, four hours for yeah. her flight. And he said, well, she wanted to be dropped off at the mall because, like, since she could just take the metro from the mall to the airport, it was – she wanted to, like, look around the mall and spend time at the mall instead of the airport. Okay. I don't mind spending time at airports. I actually like yeah. being in airports. But <laughs> to each Not their own. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so by car, this metro station is, like, 20 minutes away from Reagan. Like, it's, like, right outside of D.C. Um, but by metro, like, if you take the metro, it's 50 minutes away. Because there's, like, a bunch of stops in between the mall and the airport. Mm -hmm. So it's really not, like, the quickest way to get to the airport. And it's, like, okay, so she wanted to be at the airport. Her flight left at 540. Okay. So let's just say boarding is, like, at 5, right? She would have had to be at the airport and, like, check in at latest at, like, 4.30, right? Yeah. At latest. And so if he's saying that he dropped her off at the at the mall metro station, then that adds another hour, like, commute onto her time. Mm-hmm. So then it's basically, like... She would have had to leave in the mall in like forty five minutes. Like to me, it just does not make a whole lot of sense that yeah, she, like would she would ask to be like spend another hour commuting. I don't know. Like it just doesn't leave leave her a lot of time to walk around the mall. Like if that's if really that's like what, what she, she wanted, wanted to do. do. Like it doesn't really leave her a lot of time to do that. You know. Yeah, unless she's just like killing time and it's like, oh, I don't mind going on the metro because yeah. it's gonna take away like yeah. some of the time i'm the, waiting and i'm just gonna be sitting there yeah. anyway so i don't know but caitlin had never really been to the springfield mall like ever or she hadn't been in a while like it wasn't like the usual mall she went to but i'm pretty sure she had never been like mm-hmm. it was not a mall that she like, went to with her friends to. yeah um and so it was like a weird place for her to be dropped off at like she didn't really wasn't familiar with the situation like the location around it she had like her suitcase like all her luggage with her and everything and um it would take her quite a long time to get to the airport versus just being dropped off by her stepdad um and lisa said that caitlin wasn't really familiar with the metro itself like she hadn't been on the metro since she was like six or seven because they didn't really go into dc that often like they lived like two hours away so they didn't like she wasn't like a pro with the metro like it's not like she grew up and was like super familiar with getting on and off and everything like that um so she would have had to navigate this like new metro stop and like with all her luggage and like with everything it's yeah yeah. why would she want to do that exactly like it just seems like it would cause more stress but i get really stressed out about airports so i would get stressed about the metro because i'm also not very familiar with it and i'd be stressed like what if i get off at the The wrong stop yeah i'm late to miss my flight right like it just seems like it would cause her a lot more anxiety but maybe she was not anxious about that kind of thing but i just think it would it was it's like a weird situation but also to have your luggage is it normal for people at that mall to have their luggage i don't know close to the airport i mean maybe I would be annoyed, but <laughs> I get annoyed about everything. Yeah. So, um, so it, I don't know. To me, it was like a weird, it's a weird yeah. ask that he's saying that she went to the metro and then asked to be dropped off at the, at the, at this mall mm-hmm. so she could take the metro, but she would have to like take the metro in like 30 minutes anyway. And it, I don't know. To me, it just makes more sense to get, go to the airport. Um, so at 2 p.m., about eight minutes after, James had texted her. Uh, Lisa received a text from Caitlin's phone, and it read, 
I'm at the airport, battery dying, so won't be able to text for a bit. So just to recap, Caitlin was dropped off the, at the metro station at Springfield, allegedly. Um, James sent that message at 1.52 p.m. And we know that the metro takes 50 minutes to get from this stop to the Reagan airport. Like, I looked it up. Like, it takes 50 minutes every day. Um, so how was Caitlin, like, allegedly already there at 2 p.m. only eight minutes later? Which is just yeah. weird. Unless he sent it, like, an hour later, you know? Unless he was like, oh... I forgot to send, I forgot to, like, update Lisa, like, oh, I dropped her off at the, at the mall, like, oh, like, let me update Lisa, like, you know, he sent the text late, like, he didn't just yeah, drop her off at, like, 152, you know? It's off on their time. Yeah. So, um, and if she wanted to wander on the mall instead of the airport because of the timing of her flight, like, why was she already at the airport at 2 p.m.? It just, like, doesn't make any sense of, like, what was the point of her getting dropped off at the mall in the first place, you know? So, like, unless, like, everything went fine and, like, he just texts an hour later, um, you know, that she had been dropped off, it's weird that he texted at 1.52 and then she texted at 2 that she was there. Like, it's impossible to get from the mall to the airport in eight minutes if you take the metro. And if she really wanted to be at that mall instead of the airport like i'm not sure why she was at the airport at yeah, two something isn't place. adding up here. yeah um like she still had at 2 p.m she still had three hours and 40 minutes until her flight which is a really long time and reagan is like a re- pretty small airport like it's not a big airport at all yeah but just yeah. especially that she asked to be dropped off yeah at the mall now she's here why is she there why she's still there three yeah. hours early. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm like, she could get through security and everything pretty fast. Like, one time I was at the Reagan airport, and um, I went through security, and then I, like, made a wrong turn, and I accidentally went back out. Like, <laughs> I left for some reason. I don't know. I was really confused. And, like, I don't know. I was just not paying attention like, to where I was going. In. and like, went in, and then I went out. And, like, I still had oh. enough time to, like, to come, back to come back through security and like make my it's like really fast That's you know really yeah um so it's like it's not a big airport at all like it i guess that like it's like to me it would not make sense for her to be there that early if she wanted yeah. to kill time. kill time because there's nothing to do in that airport um so something's not adding up. Um, so Lisa's, like, pretty confused at this point because she's getting these texts from James, like, oh, I dropped her off at the, the mall, but then, like, suddenly she's at the airport, and it's just, like, a little bit weird. So she was confused, but she didn't start coming con- becoming concerned until Caitlin's fiancé, Amber, texted Lisa. So Amber kind of, like, sent a screenshot to Lisa of, like, what, like, her last text said, and Caitlin had texted Amber at 11.52 a.m. So this was like two hours before she was apparently dropped off at the mall. And this text read, something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text for a bit. So two hours before she was dropped off, she said... she's told her fiance that she couldn't come back today. That's so like, weird. Yeah. So something had come up. She couldn't, she couldn't get a new flight. And um, Amber texted back, you know, like, just, like, asking what was going on, and she never responded. So Amber reached out to Lisa and sent her that text, and Lisa was immediately worried after this. If Amber had received this text at 11.52, then what was Caitlin doing being dropped off at the Springfield Metro at 1.52? And if she was staying in Virginia, why would she be asked to brought, like, why would she be asking to be brought to the airport in the first place? Because mm-hmm. um, at 11.52... I'm not sure, like, if they had left for the airport yet, but it's, like, it would be around that time that they would be leaving to go to the airport because, like we said, it's, like, an hour and a half-ish away. Like, at 12 p.m., trying to get, if he had to get there, drop her off at 1.30 and then get back an hour and a half, get there by 3, like, they would be leaving at about this time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were already there and, like, something happened, you know? Like, it's not like the flight got canceled and she was already at the airport. Like, she would still be in her hometown pretty much at this point yeah and then why would james james yeah. say i dropped her off right afterwards right like why so, is she getting dropped off so it was just really weird and lisa was like immediately just kind of freaking out 
Um, and at 7.15 p.m., so a couple hours later, Lisa got another text from Caitlin, and this text read, I'm staying with a friend. I need some alone time. So by all accounts from Lisa and from Gabby, Caitlin had not had a fight with her family before she left, so Lisa was, like, really confused as to why she would need to, like, spend time away from them. Like, she was like, we didn't get in a fight. Like, nothing bad happened with between us. Like, it's not like we got in some huge fight before she left for the airport and, like, she's mad at us or we're mad at her or anything. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know why she needs some alone time, like, be staying with a friend, you know? Didn't mention the friend's name, nothing. So it was just a very obscure, weird text to receive. Um, Both Lisa and Amber began to call and text Caitlin, asking her where she was, but she didn't answer any of the calls or any of the texts. And Lisa called James and told him that Caitlin never went to the airport. She asked James if she had told him that she was meeting anybody or if Caitlin had mentioned anything about, like, not going to the airport. So she was trying to figure out if maybe, like, Caitlin had asked James, like, told James anything, like, oh, I just, I, like, my flight's canceled, but drop me off here. Like, I'm meeting a friend. Like, I'll be okay, you know? Yeah. Um, but James reported nothing, that Caitlin had only said she wanted to go to the mall to spend time there before going to the airport. So he didn't say that she was meeting anybody. He didn't say that she needed to get a new flight. He didn't say that she was, like, going to be staying with a friend. Nothing. Um, and at this point, Lisa called the police and reported Caitlin missing. So the police initially didn't really take Lisa seriously due to Caitlin's age, because at this point she was still 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was pretty young and they kind of assumed like it was she was having just like a typical like I don't know immature like teen moment and something had happened that like Lisa wasn't telling them like she got in a fight and she was just like off with a friend you know yeah I guess yeah but I'm like it's better to be safe than sorry like if you find her at this friend's house then like what's the big deal like (laughs) I don't know like I feel like it's like it's not that big of a deal to just go look for her anyway but yeah but then why would she tell her mom like i'm at the airport yeah and then later say oh i'm I'm actually at at a friend's friend's house house. yeah and then yeah because like the only thing is it'd be like oh if the flight got canceled and she like knew somebody by the airport instead of like two hours away but it was like she'd already told her fiance she wasn't going to come back, yeah. like even earlier than that, you know? So there was no reason to be here for her to be at the airport at two. Mm-hmm. And if she had told her fiance two hours earlier that she wasn't going to be on the flight. So yeah, it's just weird. It does, yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. So, um, they, yeah, the police kind of like assumed that she had gone to a friend's house and just like not told her family, like which friend or why or what was going on. Um, but after she had still not texted back, like, a few, like, a day later-ish, uh, they tried to track her last movement. So, like, kind of, like, got on the case, like, about a day later, um, day and a half later, and Detective Rob Marshall took the lead on this case. So, the police were trying to figure out where Caitlin had last been seen, because they had heard where she had last been, according to other people, but they were trying to, like, figure out if there was any, like, CCTV cctv footage or any video footage of like her appearing at these places um and they were kind of trying to like see if she was with anybody that they could track down or maybe if there's anything like suspicious happening in the videos where if like if they just could find any clues to her last whereabouts yeah and i was gonna say can like the airports tell them like they checked in or yes scan their ticket yes okay so they first checked the mall because James claimed he had dropped her off right by the JCPenney in the mall. Mm -hmm. So they were first trying to check around the mall um, for any footage. However, when police tried to confirm, they found that there was no, like, video camera, like, CCTV footage Uh. in or around, like, the JCPenney. So, like, they weren't able to confirm that she had been dropped off Mm -hmm. um, or that, like, she had been there at all. Like, they couldn't find James's car anywhere, like, on the footage going around the mall. So, but there was was some footage. There was like video cameras in some parts of the mall, but not where she had been, quote dropped off. Mm. Yeah, so convenient. So they were not able to be confirmed that she had been anywhere in the mall at all, um, because they didn't find any footage of her like in any stores, which is like would yes, that would have been really hard to find. Like, 
looking through every single store's every single video camera, like that would have been really difficult to find, you know? Um, Cause it'd been like, who knows what store she went into yeah. and like, who knows like at what time she went into them because we don't know if like those timings of the texts are correct. Like something's not adding up with them. So it would have been really hard to find footage of her in the mall, but they weren't able to find any. Um, so if she had been there, they had no idea. Likewise, when they tried to figure out if she had gone to the airport, they were not able to find any record that Caitlin had ever been there. So she had never checked in or never gone through security or anything like that. So the airport was able to confirm, like, she had never scanned her ticket. Um, and, like, the flight, the 5.40 p.m. flight, like, came and left. Like, she was not on that flight. So they were able to confirm that she was never checked in. Um, and they were not able to find, like, footage of her being at the airport in the first place either. So, like, they weren't able to find footage of her be on the metro, like, getting off the metro, or, like, walking around mm. in the airport at all either. Yeah, so yeah. most likely she never made She was never to, there. Yeah, Because yeah. that that's, like, a pretty heavily, like, surveilled area. Like, yeah. they have, like, you know, it's 2015. It's not like it's, like, 1995 where... Like, they barely made you go through security. Like, they like they have people everywhere. They have, like, video cameras everywhere to kind of, like, check up on things, you know? Yeah. And do you think it's odd that she never checked in? Like, because I usually check in, like, the day before to um, my flight. I, th- I don't know. I think that, I mean, sometimes I don't, I don't know if she checked into her flight the day before, but, like, she never scanned her ticket at I like the airport. to go in. Yeah. Okay. Um... So I don't know if, like, she had, like, checked into the flight, but she never scanned her ticket. Okay, I anyway, see. Yeah. Um, so two days after the missing report was filed, police got a troubling call. A road worker had found Caitlin's suitcase on the side of the road in a drainage ditch, but it wasn't anywhere near the mall or the airport. Um, in fact, it was 50 miles away, just outside of Caitlin's hometown. So it was, like, pretty close to where she was coming from. Um, inside the suitcase, police found Caitlin's wallet, money, ID, credit cards, and plane ticket. However, her phone, her high school diploma, and her clothes were missing, which is kind of like the opposite of what I would expect to be in there. Like, it kind of, like, seems switched to me because, like, I feel like in your suitcase, if you're packing your suitcase for the airport, like, well, you're going to put your clothes inside the suitcase. Like, I don't know why your clothes are missing outside the suitcase. And I put, like, my phone, my ID, like, my credit cards, like, my plane ticket. I don't put that inside the suitcase because I need those things yeah, those are at like the airport. Yeah, can get lost. Yeah, like, those are things I would put in, like, a ba- like a side bag that I was carrying or, like, a backpack or whatever. Like, those are not things, like, I pack inside my suitcase unless it's, like, it was, like, in the very top part, you know? Other suitcase, yeah. it's, like, easily accessible, but it just seems, like, weird. It just, like, would be, like, it does seem, like, the opposite of what I would expect to be found, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's weird that her diploma is missing, too. Like, yeah. that's just such what? a, like, a specific thing to be gone. And all of her clothes? Yeah. So where were her clothes? Like, what they, did she put in the suitcase? I, apparently just the wallet, money, ID, credit cards, and plane ticket. That's apparently. So odd. That's all they found. Okay. Um, the bag itself, so the suitcase itself, had, like, a bunch of scuff marks and dents on it, like, on the wheels, on the sides and everything. So police, like, police were able to conclude that somebody, like, probably may have thrown it from a moving vehicle. Like, it just looked like it had been kind of, like, chucked out mm. at high speed, you know? It wasn't, like, placed there. It was just kind of, like, it. they were able to conclude that it had been, like, tossed out. Okay. Yeah. And had, like, hit things on the way. Um, and... Early on in the case, like, this is, like, a day after she had been reported missing, um, when they were just beginning to look for her, they found the body of a young woman, and she was similar in appearance and age to Caitlin, but it was not Caitlin. It was determined to be a young woman named Heather Chacon or Chacon. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, they kind of questioned if the murder of Heather and the disappearance of Caitlin might be connected in some way, because they were, like, about the same age. They kind of looked the same. Yeah. They were, like, the same build. Um, they just, like, looked kind of similar, but they were able to determine that they were not connected cases. So, at first, like, some people in the community were, like, 
And I wonder if this is like somebody targeting young women. Um, but they were able to determine like, oh, there's no connection. Like this is not, this is not related in any way. Mm-hmm. And in fact, police were able to charge and convict two men of Heather's murder in 2018. And it was found to be like a gang, gang related violence um, that like led to her murder. Okay. So that is not connected in any way to Caitlin's murder or Caitlin's disappearance. It was just like a weird thing to happen while they were looking for Caitlin. Yeah. So with no leads except for like the suitcase, which is pretty strange, police turned to James. So he had been the last person to see Caitlin and speak with her before mi- before she went missing. So they kind of, like, returned to him and was like, can, can, well, we already talked to you. And, like, we we're like, oh, can you tell us anything else? But now they kind of, like, took a deeper look. So police decided to check James and Caitlin's phone records. And what they found didn't really match up with James's story at all. So James said that, you know, he left his house and he dropped Caitlin off at the airport, according to his last text, at 152. Mm-hmm. And when they check your phone records, they can kind of track, like, Location. Location, because whenever you do anything on your phone, like, your phone will send out a signal to the nearest cell signal tower, and they can, like, determine what tower is closest. So, like, if I sent a text now, the my phone would, like, send an alert, like, a ping to the nearest, like, cell phone tower, and they would be able to, like, kind of track that and be like, oh, well, here, like, at 6, 10 p.m., she was closest to this one. Like, she's right here. And then if, like, I moved and I sent a text two miles away, like, they'd be able to kind of track my location. Yeah, I'm so glad that exists. Yeah. So they were able to look at Caitlin and James's phone records. um, And at around 2 p.m. when Caitlin texted Lisa that she was, quote, at the airport, the phone connected to a tower 30 miles away from the airport closer to James's house. So when she had sent this text, she was not actually at the airport. Mm -hmm. She was, like quite a far ways away from the airport like closer yeah. to where she is from like the area where she was from so they were both lying and at around the same time when james texted lisa that he had dropped caitlin's dropped off caitlin safely at the mall his phone also pings closer to his house and it wasn't the same place that caitlin caitlin's phone like pinged off of like it wasn't the same tower so at 152 and was- two it, eight minutes. Yeah, they away. weren't in the same place, but it was only eight minutes away. So, like, mm-hmm. it could have easily been. You maybe drove a little farther down the yeah. road. You know, like they were both pretty close to their hometown. Um, and Caitlin's last text to Lisa. So this was at like seven fifteen p.m. Like when she when she was saying, "Oh, I'm with a friend, and I'm I'm not coming home and then I'm not like getting on the flight like I'm just staying with a friend don't worry mm-hmm. um it was sent from a town called Stafford which is about like 15 miles away from where the officers had found her suitcase mm-hmm. so not in the same place not where she's from but not like crazy far away either you yeah. know like it's all in the same area and none of those places were anywhere near the mall or near the airport so she wasn't probably was not over there just judging by where her texts were sent and like the location that's, that they were sent from. Mm-hmm. Um, and police kind of talked to James. And if you remember, we said that James like had to said he had to drop Caitlin off early because he needed to get to work and his, he had to start work at 3 PM. So he had to make it to the airport and back in time for him to get to work at 3 PM. And so police investigated that story as well. But when they went to go talk to his manager at the office, police found out that James had actually never gone into work that day. So What? Yeah, so he claimed he had to go to the airport and then drop her off so he could be back by 3, but he never went to work. And in fact, he actually didn't ever go to work like at that job ever again. So he like after that uh, day, he didn't work for 6 months after Caitlin's disappearance. That is really Which is weird. It's just like really weird. Like is it because Caitlin's disappearance affected him that much? Or yeah. Or or something else, you know? Yeah. Um and he ended up getting a new job later that year, but yeah, it's definitely weird that he was not at his office when he said he had to be like, that was the only the, reason that she allegedly had, had to, to be dropped off early. Early. Yeah. Um, so just, like, kind of ask the question, like, why 
would he need to lie about that? Like, why would he lie about having to go to work if he wasn't going to go to work? And if, like, he wasn't planning on going to that job again, you know? Like, just a weird thing to lie about. Yeah. Like, what are you up to that you right. don't want people to know? Right. Um, so police asked James to do a polygraph test to kind of figure out if he knew anything about the situation or if he could kind of shed more light on it. Um, and he agreed at, at, at the beginning, he did agree. Uh, but then he later backed out on the last minute at last, the last minute on the advice of his lawyer. And he, he told the detectives who were leading the case that he feared he was being looked at as a suspect and he decided to cease all cooperation with the investigation from that moment forward. So, like, which obviously you're going to be a suspect. Like, you were the, um, yeah. <laughs> the last person to see him. So it's like, on one hand, if you know you're going to be a suspect, like, you shouldn't be surprised. And I feel like you should try and cooperate to, like, clear your name if you are innocent. Like, mm-hmm. they're not just going to forget about you. Like, they're not just going to be like, oh, well, this is such a minor suspect. Like, we'll, like, go look at some, like, outside people first and then come back to it. Like, this is pretty much the only lead they have. Yeah. And they always look, like, with with people that know yeah. the victim. Right. So it's like, I, it's like if you know you're going to be a suspect, like, you know they're going to be after you and on you. Especially because you lied. Yeah. You never went back so to like, work. So, like, you should have cooperated to try and clear a name. But, like, on the other hand, I do understand, like, the advice of his lawyer to, like, not cooperate and not take the test because it, like, it would be the easiest, he would be the easiest person to pin it on. And if he's innocent, like, there would be really, there would not be a lot in, like, standing in the way of police, like, being like, okay, well, we want to close this. Like, we don't want this to go on and we have nobody else. So, like, yeah, we're going to try and get a confession. Like, we're going to try and, like, draw a confession, you know? Yeah, I can see that side of it. Yeah. So, I do understand, like, the legal advice if there was nothing else, like, if there was no other suspect being looked at, um, of him not cooperating and not doing a polygraph, because, like, in that sort of situation, literally anything you say could be used against you, you, and, like, they could very easily, like, we've seen it before, like, they could very easily use anything to, they go, well, you confess to it, like, here's evidence, like, you're done. Um, so, yeah. You know, it's, like, a dicey situation, but... It's just interesting that he wouldn't take a polygraph test and then decided not to uh, not to ever cooperate again. <laughs> yeah, like you said, why not clear your name? Right. If you're being honest, exactly. why, why are you scared? Right. So Detective Marshall at this point, uh, who was the person leading the case, um, was like, okay, well, this is the only person we have to go off of. Like I said, they're not just going like, to forget about him. They're not just going to be like, oh, well, he didn't take a polygraph test. So like, I guess not. Like, I guess we'll like, move on to the next on. person. Yeah. So... They decided to get a search warrant, and they executed a search warrant on James's house, which was Caitlin's, like, last known location. So they were not able to figure out that she had ever been to the mall or to the airport. So they didn't really focus on those places, but they knew she had been at his house because, like, Lisa had confirmed she had dropped her yeah. off at his house. Um, they searched his house and the land around his house, um, and his property... In total, was about 10 acres in, like, a very rural area toward, like, in Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. Virginia. So, it's, like, a pretty big property. Like, yeah, it's, like, a very... Huge. Yeah, very big property. Um, so, there was, like, a lot of stuff to search. Um, they seized his technology, so his phone, his computers, all that stuff, and uh, seized his vehicles because he said he had driven with Caitlin in his car. Mm-hmm. So, they were, like, I wonder if there's any evidence in the car. Yeah. Um, no evidence was recovered that indicated anything that had suspicious had occurred on his property or in his cars at all. So they weren't able to find literally anything. Like, no blood? Like, nothing. nothing. Like, that indicated anything wrong had gone on, you mm-hmm. know? However, his technology, um, his, like, computer and his phone and, and everything was, like, he was, like, a big tech guy. Like, he was, like, really into kind of making his like own technology pretty much and like mm-hmm. kind of like coding and things like that. So all of his tech was like 
pretty much built and coded by him. Like, he was able to kind of, like, make his own kind of things, which is pretty crazy. Like, that's pretty smart. Mm -hmm. I would have no idea (laughs) how to even start. Um, (laughs) I can't even turn on my computer card sometimes. (laughs) And it took us so long to figure out these mics. Yeah, like, there's, like, two things. Garage band. (laughs) There's, like, two things that you have to press, and we're, like... We're done for. <laughs> so it's pretty impressive that he could, like, literally, like, build this whole thing from scratch. Like, yeah. I don't know. But on his technology, he included, like, tons of encryptions that only he could access. So, like, there's a way to, like, kind of code your phone or your laptop or anything, really, that, like, is so encrypted that nobody can kind of get into it. And except for you, like, they can't even. Like, the people that own, like, Apple, like, yeah, can't, can't, like, go, in. go into your phone and, and search it up. Wow. So, I think that's pretty suspicious. Like, what you have on your technology Yeah, that, like, why do yeah, you that, have the like, need to do that? Right. I don't know. Um, and this was, like, not just for this thing. Like, this was, like, way before, you know, okay. that he had, like, built in all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it wasn't, like, he had just been working on this and, like, suddenly messed around with his computer and like coded all these things like they have been encrypted like long before any of this happened which i'm like that's pretty suspicious like Mm -hmm. i don't know what you have but he refused to help them access those encrypted pieces Uh... of technology um so they were able to discover that james also had never texted or called caitlin again like after after he supposedly dropped her off so even though he knew that she was missing and even though like he had learned that like you know people were freaking out Mm -hmm. he had never like tried to text her or call her like where are you like what happened you know like after he said that she got there safely um he didn't really reach out to her at all interesting like aren't you worried right exactly because you were the last person to see her like yeah. I don't know. That's just weird that he was not one of... I mean, like, he knew that there was going to be no... Re- like, it's not like she was going to reply to him and not her mom, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, maybe he was like, oh, well, there's no point. Like, she she wouldn't text me back. Mm-hmm. Like, if her mom and her sister and her fiancé are all trying to call her and text her and be like, where are you? Like, she's not going to reply to me and not yeah. them. So, like, I mean, she's not going to just reply to you. But also, it's weird. So, um, James owns a second property that police could not search. So he owns two, two pieces of property. One is his house. And then one is this like other residence that they couldn't get a search warrant for. And, uh, it's because James's mother lives there and it's legally considered a rental property. So Mm -hmm. under like legal terms, if let's say somebody owns a property, and it's being rented out to somebody, um, you can't search it unless the tenant uh, like allows you to do so because they're renting the space and they live there. Yeah. Um, and his mom would not allow them to search the space. So they like legally couldn't do anything, and this that space has never been searched. So, I mean, there was no indication that she was like ever brought there. Like There was nothing that... She never, they never said anything about it. Like, she never said, oh, we're going to, like, his mom's house or whatever. Like, but it, it just it was never searched. And it's, like, that's still, like, kind of an open question. Like, oh, is there, like, some piece of evidence there? Like, is there something there? Like, they don't know. So, it's just never yeah. been searched. Um, and police found absolutely no physical evidence linking James to any foul play. So, they weren't able to find anything on him anything on his um in his house in his cars on his clothes nothing um so they were kind of like at a dead end like this was like i don't know like they just weren't really able to do anything further like once they got that arrest warrant like that's like pretty or the search warrant that's like pretty much the last thing that they were able to do and they were hoping like that that might answer some questions or open up like a way to possibly like take him in for more questioning or for anything but they weren't able to find anything so it's kind of just done like once you don't find anything you don't find anything and they can't really do anything so they weren't even like searching for her body or anything yeah like they just weren't i mean they did have a search party out like um in the days following her disappearance but they weren't able to find anything like they had like helicopters they had p 
people searching. They had like heat maps and everything, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't able to find anything. So, okay. um, when they decided, so they decided to speak to Caitlin's friends. So they kind of reached out and they were like, "Do you know anything? Like, can you tell us anything more about her? Can you tell us anything about like what might have been happening before she had gone missing?" Um, or has she, like, reached out to you? Like, did she say anything that she was, like, meeting up with somebody or going somewhere that was not Arizona and why she maybe didn't want to go home? Yeah. So when they spoke, um, they spoke to one of her friends, Kevin. They learned that Caitlin and her friends had, like, gone out partying and drinking the night before she went missing on December 4th. So Caitlin's friend Kevin told police that Caitlin had taken part in a threesome with two mutual friends the night before. Mm. Um, while the couple says it was consensual, Caitlin told Kevin that she didn't feel as though she like really was able to consent to it because they were all drinking and she said that she had felt like kind of forced or like heavily pressured into it. Yeah. Um, so she told him that she felt really guilty because she felt as though she had cheated on Amber with these two people. So she felt that she like, she was just really worried about going home or going back to Arizona because she felt like really guilty about what had happened which if she was forced into it like it wouldn't be her fault you know like it wouldn't be any reason to feel guilty over that kind of thing um because it she was forced into it like a non-consensual act is not something to feel guilty over it's like not like you cheated on them like you were forced into it um these are not friends of hers right they're like right so yeah so Kevin said that she was not in a good mindset the day before that had happened. Um, So that gave police like a little bit more insight into maybe her emotional state before she left, but it also gave them absolutely zero clues as to where she might have gone or like there was no evidence involved in any sort of that. Like they were not able to find any sort of information that she was like staying with anybody or none of her friends like knew where she was going or like what might have been happening with her. Yeah. So, like, all of these pieces of information, while they gave police, like, a little bit more of a hint into her mental, like, an emotional state um, the night before she went missing, it did, didn't really help because they still couldn't find anywhere, like, any information about where she, where she was. So, that's kind of the end of, like, where police were able to get to. Mm. So, absolutely no information. Um, so, they were not able to ever, like charge anybody with her if it was foul play they were never able to charge anybody with um anything that had happened to her or they were never able to figure out if she had you know ever made it past james's house like they weren't and they had like no idea where else to search like they can't search you know everywhere so like like they can't search like everywhere so it's like if she had decided to run then like they would have they like they found no clues where to start basically Mm -hmm. so there's a couple theories of what happened to her um all of the the, all these theories they didn't really lead anywhere but i'm just gonna like go over each of the theories and kind of talk about why people either think they're a strong theory or not a strong theory so the first one is that caitlin ran away um so she could have run away because either she was, like, upset about what had happened the night before and she felt like she couldn't go back to Arizona or, like, couldn't go back to face Amber. Or she might have just wanted to, like, begin a relationship with somebody else and start over. So start over her whole life completely. Um, Caitlin was in a bad place emotionally. She believed she had cheated on her fiancé and she did not want to go back to Arizona to face Amber. Um... So she took her, according to this theory, she took her phone, her clothes, and her high school diploma to, like, start over somewhere else. Maybe this was, like, pre-planned. She had to take her high school diploma to get a seat at another um, cosmetology school. Like, it's weird that the high school diploma is missing. So pros, like, people who think, you know, think that this theory is a strong one. Um, Caitlin's body has never been found. Um, nor any trace of evidence that suggests physical harm to her. So there's been like no indication that there was ever any blood or like um, like James didn't have any scratches on him, mm-hmm. like no defensive wounds. Um, you know, there's been nothing to suggest that she came into harm's way, at least when she was like leaving Virginia. Um, 
But on the flip side, like it's also like right now it's also like impossible to like just start over as a completely new person. Like, I don't know. You have so many things linking your identity to who you are and you can't just like start over like, you know, so especially on such a whim. So it's like if she really did start over just because she was upset about what had happened, like that would be almost impossible to do without like pre-planning, you know, like she would have to be planning this long in advance. And so what had happened the night before, like wouldn't really affect that. And like, it would be literally almost impossible to do that. Um, and there has never been any like evidence of her bank account being used or like anything linking her identity to her. Nothing has been used like past that date. Um, so there's been no indication that she like went anywhere. Um, and also, like, her parents don't buy this one. I don't really buy this one because, like, why wouldn't she just stay with her family if she didn't want to go back to Arizona? Like, I mean, if she didn't want to go back to Arizona because of Amber, like, her parents and her family have no... Like, nothing Nothing to do with, to do with that. So, like, to me, if she had, was really upset about what had happened, like, it would make no sense for her just to run away, like, from everybody. I mean... Maybe it would make sense for her to be like, oh, well, I can't be with you anymore. Yeah, or, like, even stay there. Right. But with her family, like right. you said. Like, and her parents and her sister are like, yeah, this, I don't think she ran away. Like, she does not seem like the kind of person to run away. Yeah, it's just, it's not adding up. Yeah. So, the second um, theory is, like, kind of connected to this. Um, Caitlin uh, met up that with somebody that day that caused her harm. So, police found an encrypted messaging app on her phone as well. Um, that they were unable to access. So they can, again, with those apps, like, you really can't access them unless the person whose apps they are uh, gives you, grants you access, That's like, so and is able to, like, give the password or passcode to put in. Like, even by police? Yeah, because it's, like, not, it's, like, your privacy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of, like, supersedes that makes sense. all that. Um, so... This theory kind of goes that she was planning on meeting up with somebody else. Um, Like, she had been talking to people online, and she had been asked to be dropped off at the mall because she was meeting up with somebody. Or she asked James to, like, drop her off somewhere else, claiming that this was a friend, but it was, like, somebody that she was talking to online. And then this person might have had something to do with her disappearance. Um, Yeah, but it's like, why would she tell her friend? Or why wouldn't she tell her friend Kevin about this or anyone? Anyone. So if she was planning on meeting up with somebody, nobody would know. Like, they they literally have no idea to to figure that out, like, if she was planning on meeting up with somebody. But it kind of, like, begs the question, like, why would James not tell police that she was meeting somebody? So, like, if she had asked James to, like, drop her off in a specific spot, um, like, why would he not tell them that, you know? Yeah, because we know he didn't go to the mall. Right. At least... Her phone was never, she might have been there, but she never sent any texts from the mall. So, like, they were not able to mm-hmm. track that her phone was there. Doesn't mean she's not there, because, like, she could have turned her phone off or something. But, like, most likely she was not there. Yeah. Um, so that's the second theory. Um, that she met up with somebody random, and they were involved in her disappearance. Um, the third theory is that James was involved in her disappearance and maybe death. So either James was involved in her disappearance in the fact that he kind of helped her escape or helped her run away, helped her meet up with this random person. And she just kind of put all her trust in him and was like asking him not to tell anybody. Um, or James had a hand in like foul play. So we spoke about all about all the evidence that kind of pointed towards the fact Caitlin didn't ever seem to make it out of the Spotsylvania area. So she was never really out of that area, um, which kind of points towards the fact that she was never at the mall, never at the airport, nothing. So if she was meeting up with somebody and she asked James to help her run away and help her do this, um, like we just said, like it doesn't really make sense that he wouldn't tell the police mm-hmm. about that. And they weren't that close like it wasn't like this was like her confidant you know like they like we had mentioned like he had been verbally abusive towards her in the past like this was not somebody that she was like trusting with her deepest darkest secrets Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of weird like that theory doesn't really line up because like it's not like he's gonna be like her saving grace all of a sudden you know like 
he was going to help her run away. Um, but that next theory that James was involved in her maybe like unfortunate um, death. So James was the last person to see her and theories say that maybe he had something to do with her disappearance. Caitlin's family believes that the texts sent from her phone are suspicious. Like, they don't believe that it was her at all. Yeah. Um, Because they're like, this is not the text. Like, the way she normally texts, this is not, like, what she normally, like, sounds like when she texts. Mm -hmm. So they don't believe that it was her at all. Um, And they believe that they were sent by somebody else. Um, Like we said, he was the last person to see her. So it's kind of like, what happened then? Like, you know what happened? Like, what happened? But... Uh, police have never been able to f- determine a motive. Like, there was never any motive found for yeah. him to have like, any, um, you know, hand in her disappearance. Or, like we said, they were never able to find physical evidence that backs this up. So, you can't really blame somebody or you can't really say somebody did something without any evidence. No. And there has been no evidence. So, yeah, that is where the uh, the theories end. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, I'm not saying it was James, but I'd like to know more about him and why he codes his cell phone. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's pretty suspicious. What does his past look like? I don't know. Right. And they were, like we said, like, they were never able to figure any of that out. Yeah. So we are kind of lost. Um. The last thing that kind of happened in this case was in 2021. So the Aware Foundation for Missing People put up a billboard in March of 2021 on Route 301, which is on James's commute to his new job at Dahlgren Naval Base. Um, so the police like have basically like come out and say like, oh, we put it up in order for him to like to kind of like guilt him into like mm-hmm. maybe saying something. So That's it's like so strategic. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, and it's like, it's like a big billboard, like, oh, have you seen Caitlyn? Like, mm-hmm. what happened to Caitlyn? So they're just, like, hoping maybe that if he knows anything at all, like, you know, they're not saying, like, oh, it's you, you did it. But, like, they're kind of hoping it guilt him into telling him, like, something that he knows. Yeah. Um, but to this day, we still have no information about, like, what happened to her or where she may be. So the last time she was ever seen was, like, on December 5th in the morning. And has never been cited after that that's crazy i know yeah well i i don't know i'm speechless because it's just crazy that there's like no evidence nothing you know i know yeah but um i'm just gonna read the like kind of information blurb about this um so this is you know just her missing people's report Caitlin Michelle Aikens was five foot four and 122 pounds. At this time of her disappearance, um, she is a white female with blonde hair and blue eyes. She has a tattoo of five blue butterflies on her left forearm and a tattoo of three red stars on the top of her foot. She wears glasses and her nose, lower lip, and belly button were pierced. She has piercings in each of her ears and she was last seen wearing black pants, pink and black uh, tennis shoes, and a... um, and a piercing in, in all of her ears. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, if you see her, if you see Caitlin, she was 19 years old when she went missing, and she would be 25 years old today, so she probably wouldn't look the same, but that Close. was what she was, yeah. like, wearing. If you have any information on Caitlin Akins, on her whereabouts, please contact the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office at 540-582-7115. And that is the end of this case. Wow. No, I just want to research everything about this case. I know. It just, like, seems crazy that there's, like, nothing else, you know? I know. How can you do this to me? So, I know. I feel like unsolved cases always are, like, crazy. Like, they intrigue me the most because, like, there must be somebody out there that knows something. Like, there's somebody that knows something more, you know? Like, what happened? Yeah. At least, yeah. And their poor family. I I really hope that soon they get answers. I know. I know. It's really right. sad. Well, don't. <laughs> Moral of the story? Moral of the story. Yeah, I was trying to think of what it was. Moral of the story. I don't know if I, I have know. any. <laughs> mm. Don't. 
don't say, yeah don't say you're gonna go, go work at your job and then oh, not one. work at your job and then never go back to your job for six months for six months that's pretty sus maybe don't code your phone with like a bunch of encrypted things even though that's pretty like that's pretty cool that you're but smart you enough do. to do that but don't do that because that's pretty suspicious if you do do that then it'd be <laughs> exactly Thank you for listening.